0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. You know, since the first case of COVID-19 came to BC, we have looked to governments, especially the provincial government, to do something anything to help us deal with the situation. I'd say that's more true now than ever as people and businesses continue to suffer and we're all waiting to see what happens next. Well, those are questions that we are going to pose to BC Premier John Horgan, who joins us now. Thank you for being here. Good morning, Simi. How do you think we are doing at this point?
1: Well, I'm very proud of how British Columbians have responded collectively to the challenge of our lifetime uh, you look around the world at the challenges in Europe, uh, even south of us uh, in the United States and across our country. And uh, in a comparative way, we're we're doing better in terms of flattening the curve. We are containing to the best of our ability uh, this uh, virus as it spreads across the world. Uh, the consequences, of course, are profound for people. For businesses and for communities and the challenge for all of us is to recognize that we are all in this together and it's going to take all of us to come out the other side
0: do you think it's time though to start talking about and thinking about ways we open things back up
1: Well, so we've been talking and thinking about that from the day we started to uh, slow things down uh, i put in place a group of uh, advisors uh, within government uh, we uh, asked the private sector whether they be uh, the business council federation of labor not-for-profits, Indigenous people to join with us. I'm on a conference call uh, shortly after this call with uh, representatives from the environmental movement to talk about how we shape uh, our collective future. And, and we've been doing that from the beginning, Simi, but I think there's a recognition, certainly I'm seeing it in my inbox, of people wanting to hold fast. We don't want to give up the gains we've made in a, in a speedy... Uh, return to what may not even be normal, and and uh, so we take our our direction from the science from Dr. Henry, who was, as you know, pretty highly regarded and has been uh, just outstanding uh, w- working with Minister Dix and, and the team at uh, Health and the health authorities across uh, the province. Uh, so we're, you know, my sense, Simi, is there's ang- there's disappointments and frustration and uncertainty without a doubt. Uh, but not an anger that we're seeing in the United States because, quite frankly, we all recognize that this is not uh, something that will just go away. If we wish it away, we have to work together to to, to vanquish it.
0: Well, there's a lot of worry there, too. I think we heard about a survey from the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade this morning. Half of small businesses say they're not sure they're going to be able to reopen when all of this is over. Does that mean more provincial support coming here? What can be done about this?
1: Well, we're, we've been trying to uh, work in tandem with the federal government and we've had a lot of success. There's a couple areas where I think that the federal government could have done more and I, I, I make that clear when I speak to the Prime Minister and the Deputy Prime Minister. Uh, Premiers across the country have been talking weekly uh, and looking at different approaches uh, and as I say, the Board of Trade is part of my uh, task force so I'm getting that directly from uh, Bridget Anderson, uh, the, the uh, CEO of the board and all of her members as well as the Chamber of Commerce and, and there, it, it, hospitality, for example, uh, thin margins. If you're in the restaurant business, so you've got high overhead in, in places like Vancouver and, and other metro uh, or uh, cosmopolitan areas in British Columbia, and your, your margins are tight. And, and to have a shutdown for four to six weeks or perhaps longer is profoundly uh, shocking to uh, your business model. And we're going to be having to look at all of that. Uh, and I would like to think with the federal government, and as I say, so far so good, but there is a, a limit to what we can do uh, unless we're all individually, but together uh, it is unlimited. And so uh, cities are losing revenue. The People aren't using the pool. People aren't uh, uh, expending the money that they normally would in the economy, which means that our revenues are down and the, uh, the other orders of government, federal and provincial. So finding a plan to borrow and build a, almost a Marshall Plan type approach. And the Marshall Plan, of course, was how... Uh, the world came out of the Second World War. I think that's the magnitude of what we're talking about here, Simi. It's not just BC; it's a global issue. And even if we started tomorrow with, let's say, our forest sector, who is going to buy our products? And so you, you need to. There needs to be a world response. And BC, I think, is well prepared. I mean, you plan for the worst and hope for the best. But it has to be a collective effort. And there are going to be those uh, who won't make it through the other end. I think that's uh, that's a, a truthful statement. I don't want to be provocative, but the challenges are enormous and, and the consequences uh, of, of every week for small businesses is huge.
0: What about TransLink? Like, do you put that in the category of things that you think the federal government should help on? Can the province do more to help TransLink?
1: well the province is TransLink. uh the communities that uh that fund it uh the uh, taxes that go from either the province or from municipalities either in gas taxes uh which of course uh we've seen a a massive decline in oil prices that's having a profound impact on world economies but the the province has and will continue to support public transportation but ferries uh, bc transit which is outside of the metro area Mm -hmm. of vancouver are all seeing massive declines in ridership because people are doing what Dr. Henry is, is recommending and they're staying home. But when we start to, to uh, dial back up in the weeks ahead, we're going to need this public uh, infrastructure in place and, and vibrant. So my, my appeal to the federal government, who have been partners on capital, uh, the Prime Minister and I just in the past two years have announced billions of dollars in capital for TransLink uh, to build new SkyTrain infrastructure and add more buses uh, to BC transit services uh but it's always capital with the federal government and we have an operating problem right now and we will for the foreseeable future and i think that's another area where we need to work together bc ferries the same way 90% drop off in in ridership so the fare the fare box is empty and that then means these public uh institutions require even more public support and we need to i believe do that together in all levels of governments and and the federal government's grappling with that because they've got not just uh, transit systems in Vancouver but in Calgary and Toronto and Montreal as well.
0: So what kind of reception have you gotten to that idea though from the federal government because that's you're right these are cities all across Canada that are facing this how can we make sure tr- even transit just as an example gets looked after? Yeah
1: well I, what I've been trying to do uh, I, I had a positive relationship with the federal government prior to uh, the pandemic, and I, I fully intend to maintain that. I, I've always been told my mom raised me to once you burn a bridge, you can never cross it again. So I always try and be optimistic and hopeful in my interactions with everybody. But in this case, that uh, there, you know, the prime minister's out every day uh, trying to fill the gaps that we've all all discovered uh, in in our economy and in our social and cultural fabric and i just believe that this is an area where uh administrators in the finance departments have said well no you don't these institutions ferries transit they don't pay taxes therefore we shouldn't bail them out uh but we're bailing out uh, airlines and i'm not saying that's inappropriate of course of course we need to make sure that our our uh, transportation infrastructure the private sector components continue to thrive but there are public sector components that are equally important to the daily lives of british columbians that need support and they're going to need it right now. So uh, I'm going to keep pushing. And again, the conversations are always positive. Good example was I I felt that the federal government should be more aggressive on our borders, Mm -hmm. particularly for incoming uh, travelers, British Columbians returning home to YVR and and the federal government agreed, but they were so slow to respond. And that's a, a result of the magnitude of the challenges across the country. It's not, there's no blame being apportioned here, Simi. So, mean, they just couldn't move fast enough. So jurisdictions be damned. I mean, we needed to have people at the airport, so the province stepped in. Uh, other provinces uh, are thinking of the same approach, and, and now there's going to be a plan across the country that's cooperative between the two orders of government, federal and provincial, that are going to meet the needs of Canadians. And that that's as it should be. And there are other examples where uh, Doug Ford and Francois Legault and Jason Kenney uh, examples of colleagues that I'm working with who wear completely different uniforms than me, see the world completely different from me. Uh, but we're working together in harmony because that's what Canadians expect us to do.
0: Now, what about the homeless population? Because if there's one thing I get a lot of emails on, it's people concerned that we're not doing enough to protect the homeless population in this province.
1: Huge concern. Uh, Dr. Henry raises this uh, with us uh, regularly uh, from, a, from a managing the pandemic perspective. But you'll know and your your listeners will know that the challenges of homelessness uh, and uh, have been a crisis in British Columbia for decades. Uh, I would suggest that it's as bad as, as it has ever been, and that means more effort needs to be made. Uh, I've asked Shane Simpson, uh, who was born and raised in the downtown Eastside, a member of the uh, legislature for Hastings, and, and the minister responsible for social development and poverty reduction, to uh, to have a plan implemented and ready to go as quickly as possible, and I think you'll hear from Shane in the days ahead about how we're going to try and do our best to uh, implement the protocols of the pandemic and also mm-hmm. try and find the opportunities for new housing options. Uh, BC Housing has been spectacular, I have to say, Simi, from our, the, the three years that we've almost three years that we've had the honour to be the Governor of British Columbia. Whatever we've asked of BC Housing, they've been able to deliver. So there's a, a pent-up uh, capacity within that organisation. I've talked to the development community as well, the uh, City of Vancouver, uh, we need to we need to address land use issues. We need to address uh, social housing issues. We need to make sure that we're building housing all the way across the board. But in this instance, at this time in our history, we need to focus on the, the homeless more than ever, and that's what I've asked you to do.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for your time on this today.
1: That's a pleasure, Sammy. Nice to talk to you.
0: Nice to talk to you as well. That's Premier John Horgan giving us an update on where BC is at in the fight against COVID nineteen, and now, of course, what happens after.